0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of f minds I'm joined here by my good buddy Walter. How you doing, Walter? Good, so how are you? Oh, I am absolutely fantastic, aside from the fact that I sound like a frog. So, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, I ended up with a bit of a cold in the past couple days, so I messaged Wally and I was like, how about we do just a quick VS kind of episode and not worry about doing our actual topic, which is viruses. We're going to push that to next week. So instead you get to listen to us ramble about the comings and goings of our life. So there will be no unofficial sorry, there will be no official science happening this week, but there will be science because that's what's always on our mind anyway. But we have no topic. So, how was your week, Walter? Uh not too bad. Not too bad. No. How are your classes going?
1: I can't complain. I got an exam Monday, one on Friday, and then a
0: couple the next week. What are you what's your first exam? Which class? Uh, pathogenic micro. Oh boy, that was the lab you were in the other day when you were texting me, right?
1: Mm, maybe, probably. What time was it that said it ran had?
0: late because you were doing a bunch of tests.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, we didn't even get to finish them all. Oh, I think that's, was that what I wanted to tell you about maybe?
0: I don't know, was it? Yeah, I have no idea. Anyway, how were those tests? So what, do, what, do you, what exactly goes on in pathogenic micro lab?
1: So we work with uh, bacteria, of course, just like regular micro, but they're uh, pathogenic bacteria. So we were, we were working with, like, uh, Staphylococcus aureus, and uh, I don't even know what else.
0: <laughs> so are these still lab strains, do you know? Yeah, yeah, they're still lab strains. Okay, so you're not actually, like, I mean, they can still cause issues, but you're not actually working with, like, the nasties.
1: No, we, they can still, like you said, they can still cause issues, but they're pretty much diluted from how many times they've been, like, transferred and whatnot, I guess.
0: Oh, okay. So you're not going to die? No. That's good. That's very good. Yeah, nobody needs to die. what kind of tests have you been doing that are different from regular micro?
1: Well, we did do gram staining, which is, you know, like regular micro. Okay. But then we do other ones like acid-fast staining.
0: That one looks for something else in gram-negative, doesn't it? I think so. Okay. (laughs)
1: And then we were doing, um, well, we didn't get to hours yet. We had to make it up. We were going to do one that's uh, capsule staining.
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah, I don't think we did that one, though. Because that one actually stains the slide itself.
0: And then stains the inside
1: of the bacteria.
0: Oh, okay. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it's called a negative stain. Okay, I've heard of those. I think we learned about them in micro, but we never did one.
1: Yeah, so, so far, it's not a bad class.
0: That's awesome. How are your other classes going?
1: So far, so good, I guess.
0: So far, so good. Let's find out when first exams come around. I feel yeah. I have I have an immunology exam next week and I have a neuroscience exam I think the week after. I've a physics exam sometime next week. Organic is I think within a week or two. And biochemistry will probably be within like two weeks and I have a quiz on Tuesday. Very nice. For the first time ever in my college career I have to memorize all of the amino acids for a class. For what class? Biochemistry.
1: Well, I'm glad I didn't take that class.
0: Fun fact, we also have to memorize them for organic eventually. So you may still have to. I don't know if your organic you. too does that, but mine does. So, like, I'll basically already know them, which is kind of nice. But I will have to know them twice this year.
1: That sucks.
0: Yeah. So hopefully you don't have to, but I'm thinking you might in Organic 2.
1: Well, I sure hope
0: not. Yeah, we have to know, like, are they, um, like, charged or uncharged? Are they unique shaped? And then we have to know, like, the structure of all of them. We have to know the one letter and the three letter code and the correct name, like, the correct spelling of their names. So, yeah. That'll be fun. Except I do have an app on my phone, actually. It's called the Amino Acids Quiz. And you just put in what you wanted to ask you, and it'll ask you questions about them. Really? Yep, yeah, in, like, a game format. It's actually really awesome. And it's all colorful and everything. And, like, it'll give you a bird's eye view of all of them. And be like, oh, you've missed this one 0%. You've missed this one, like, you've got it right 50% of the time and stuff like that. See so, ya. Yeah. That's helpful. I need to start hitting that this weekend or else I'm going to fail and be sad.
1: Yeah, you don't want that.
0: No. Well, dang. Have you read anything interesting or heard anything interesting biological this week?
1: Um, not necessarily biological, but uh, astronomical or astrolog whatever. Astro- <laughs> astronomy.
0: I don't what know if astronomical would-
1: um, Voyager 2 is back up and running. Are you, real, are you kidding me? Yeah, they, they managed it. Uh, I guess like two days ago, they managed to get it back up and fully functioning, and it's going to be transmitting data again.
0: How on it, earth
1: did they do this? I don't know. I mean, the thing it's 11.5 billion miles away from the Earth. Really? Launched in 1977, and then just just two years ago, it finally got out of the heliosphere of the sun.
0: Oh dang! NASA brings Voyager two fully back online from inverse eleven point five billion miles from Earth. That is insane.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I, I, I didn't really read the whole article, so I'm not sure how they managed to get it
0: back up and running. But yeah. Oh my gosh. So my thing is. What's, why is Voyager 2 so much more famous than Voyager 1?
1: Didn't Voyager 1 crash or something? No. Is this still going?
0: Yeah, it's 11.7 uh, it's billion miles. So it's actually farther away. So it is the farthest man-made item.
1: <laughs> That's I insane. Think
0: I think it's because Voyager 1 is less functional than 2.
1: Yeah, Voyager 1 was just sent out to like, it was just supposed to like see uh, Jupiter and Saturn, but then I don't don't know where they sent it after that. I think they kind of just let it fly after
0: that, to be honest. (laughs) It's like, go do your thing, buddy. It's amazing with these things, just how far they go, and I don't know, it's amazing just to think it. I don't know. It always drives me insane because. Excuse the sniffles. um, We we can't even get our phones to work properly. Like, I go through some trees and I don't have any reception anymore. But we can transmit data literally 11 and a half billion miles away. And I know it's a completely different story, but, like, that's something that just... It just continues to just boggle my mind. Like, how on earth are we able to do this?
1: Right? Like...
0: Like... Like, it is so far away.
1: Yeah, Voyager 1's the most distant man-made object.
0: That's insane. And, like, just imagine, like, if there is life out there. That is probably our best chance of it finding us. You know?
1: Oh, no. Like, Voyager 1, it takes 19 hours for its data to reach us. That's insane. Which, considering that it's so far away, that's actually
0: pretty good, I'd imagine. I mean... Yeah, that's what, like, a billion miles per two hours?
1: Yeah, and the thing's moving up 38,000 miles an hour or something.
0: Yeah, and it's getting farther and farther away. That's, oh, they're so insane.
1: Considering, in fact, they they were both launched in 1977, and yet they're both still transmitting data back to us.
0: They're just, oh, they're insane. I wish we would do these again. I wish we'd do more of these, inter- like these long, long scale missions. I know it's not like our concern right now, and we've already proved it. Like, hey, we can get something in interstellar space, yay. But I w- I'd like to see us do this with modern technology and see if we could get them, you know,
1: better. See if we could catch up with one of the Voyagers in like 10
0: years. Yeah, like, could we have a propulsion system that would do that? As long as other the fact is, in you know, Voyager 1 and 2, probably what, 10, I think only about 10% of their uh, instruments still work. Because they'd have to start, well, some of them break, and then I think they, they shut some of them, I know they shut some of them down to ration power. So what if we did a Voyager 3, and we gave it newer technology, could we get its systems to last longer, you know?
1: And if we could make it go faster... It would eventually yeah. meet up and surpass the other Voyagers. You maybe take a picture of it on its way past.
0: It could. That's the thing, though. Like we could hypothetically do that, and that just boggles my mind. That that's literally like sh- that's like shooting a dart at an atom. Like that's so so precise, and we can we can basically do it. And that's just that's just unfathomable, in my opinion. It's like oh my gosh.
1: And you know, like hypothetically, if. If the Voyagers keep going and just never like get hit or anything uh-huh. they could technically keep going long after we're
0: all gone. Yeah, they could. If the Earth exploded, they would be one of the very few things that were still intact from humanity. Yep. I'm not saying the Earth is gonna explode anytime soon. Anything's possible in space. But like that's just crazy. It is. I don't know. I, I would really I really wish that in all things that the government and the scientific community works on right now, I wish we put more interest and effort in space because I know that right now, like, look and see what's going on. You have Blue Origins and Musk, excuse me, who are trying to get reusable rockets and eventually, like, colonize Mars. Excuse me. And, you know, like, privatize space travel. And that's all great, but what about the actual, like, feats. Like, we've been to Mars, great. And, like, yes, it would be very cool to colonize Mars, but at this given time, it would cost so much money, and it would be basically unfathomable to do it. So, why are we totally bothering with it?
1: That's a good point.
0: Like, I would like to see us travel not to live somewhere, but to explore it. Because, obviously, right now, the only habitable place that we've discovered is Earth. And, yes... Colonizing Mars would be awesome, and it would be great to have a backup planet, and it would be fun. But even if we do colonize Mars, we're—it's still going to be—it's going to be a Mars base. We're going to have to create, you know, our own atmosphere contained within glass and metal. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Like, I mean, like some, of those like, oh, some, still... <laughs> some of the space agencies <laughs> are still. Some
1: of the space agencies are still doing some cool things. I mean, we. Managed oh, to get up-close pictures of Pluto. The European Space Agency landed on a comet. Or a, not yeah. a comet, an asteroid.
0: See, that stuff's awesome. Or was it a comet? I'd say, I'd, I'm gonna guess an asteroid, because comets move really fast. I mean, asteroids do too, <laughs> but comets are, like, burning.
1: I want to have to look that up. I can't remember what they landed on. But yeah, it took them, like, ten years
0: of that thing flying to manage to land on it. That's cool, though. I actually read some astronomical news, too. So they said that on Pluto, its atmosphere spins in reverse to the way it spins. Really? Yeah. And it's because, um, I guess inside Pluto is just nitrogen, and I guess it just shoots it out, and that kind of accelerates its atmosphere. And there's like one big crater area that has like a higher, like that's where they kind of discovered it. So yeah, if you were standing on Pluto, you would be going in one direction and the atmosphere would be going in the other direction.
1: That's actually really cool.
0: I never really gave it a lot of thought. I never really thought that was a thing, but I did read that there. Like we discovered this and I was like, that's cool. See, that's the thing. Like, why can't we do more exploration too? Like, yeah, if you want to colonize Mars, great, do it. And if you want to try to make rockets that reuse, great. You know, I totally get that cut-down cost. But also, can we please send stuff to other parts of the world? Like, can we try to get more things out of the galaxy? You know, I know we have that, that uh, Parker Space Probe going to the sun right now. I know it's taken a while to get there, but, like, that will be really interesting whenever it arrives. We can get some off close data close with the sun. You know, like, can, can we study some other stuff, you know? That's what worries me. Oh, I agree. Oh, so they did land on a comet. It is a comet? Yeah. That's cool. You wouldn't think it'd be a comet because they're, like, extremely fast and on fire, but
1: hey. (laughs) Now they
0: did it. We're also sending a wind sail to the sun right now, so. (laughs) I did not know about that. See that's the thing, and like that's like a big—I don't know—if you think about this stuff too, but you know what I said about the phone thing does bother me because you know we have, for instance, that probe that's going to the sun. If it moves off axis by like a degree, it would fry, because it has a, a reflective shield in front of it that protects its guts from burning up from radiation. So if that sucker tilted off axis. The radiation would get around the shield and fry our, you know, systems on there. Data collection, data sending, whatever. So, yet, like, our autonomous vehicles basically suck. So it's just amazing that, like, science and technology are not shared across industries at all. And it's annoying. And it honestly seems like the only time that this ever happens is during war because whenever you have war, you have all these new machines and technologies and radar and jeeps and all that. And then people want them whenever the war is over. Can we do stuff like that without being in war, though, is my question? Like, wouldn't that be a dream?
1: No, oh, it really would. Like, like, but it's so, still amazing you know? that we can do stuff like this.
0: Like, imagine if you bought a Tesla, okay? And it said... You got inside, and it said, you turn it on, and the big screen says Tesla. And it says, autonomous capabilities powered by NASA. Like, that would be awesome. You know? And I know NASA is not in the business of self-driving cars. And I know Tesla is, has a decent system on their own behalf. But if, this, if these technologies could be shared, like, it would be just so much better for everybody, I think.
1: No, oh, it really would. Like, I just, It'd probably oh, yeah. help a lot of different industries, and
0: it would. I would really like to see that. But I mean, I'm glad to see we're still discovering things about Pluto. I'm glad to see that we're still taking care of our billion mile away uh, space rocks, human rocks, you know. But I mean, think about it though. What I was saying earlier, if you were a advanced species, aside from humans out there. Wouldn't you detect a piece of metal flying at several thousand miles per hour?
1: You no, you I mean? would think, but, I mean, it also depends you know, on, like, how far away they would be. Oh, well,
0: yeah. And if, I mean, if they're, you know, even more, you know, if they're trillions of miles away, they might not care. It's like us. We don't, we probably, you know, we monitor in our area, but we don't monitor, we can't monitor everywhere. Plus, there are some parts of it that it just, it just doesn't make sense to You know what I mean? Like, far, 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 far away, beyond our scope of detection. Is there probably a giant planet or spaceship or rock or whatever coming towards us right now? Probably. But we won't be able to detect it for another hundred or thousand of years, you know? Especially because it takes that long for the light to reach us. Yeah, the light or the radiation or whatever it is, you know? Yep. So... This stuff's very interesting, though. I would really love to someday, like, study that. Like, whenever I'm done with whatever I'm doing in life, I'd love to do that. That'd be a lot of fun. It would be. It's like, I don't know, I like studying biology, and I'd like to do something with engineering at some point, because I, I find that stuff interesting. But, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to be like, you know what I do? I go to a lab, and I say, number one, how did we get here? And we study the Big Bang. And number two, I say, How are we what we are? And I study like particle physics. And then number three, I say, like, what's out there? And I study like faraway galaxies and stuff. Like, wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, it, it really would.
1: Like I just want to get a nice telescope and just like look at the sky.
0: See, that would be cool. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I've never been a huge for telescope, but I'd like to do uh I've been slowly, slowly getting into photography over the past few months. A few years, actually. And I'd like to do astrophotography someday. That'd be cool. Because I know it's relatively easy to do. You really just need a clear night, a decent camera with a long exposure time. But I know, like, my stuff right now is less than ideal. But that'd be awesome, just to go out, set it up on a tripod, remote shutter for a minute or whatever it takes, and just see a beautiful lit up sky like that'd be awesome (laughs) like stars without having to photoshop anything like that'd be cool
1: oh definitely i was reading voyager 2 also has that golden (laughs) disc on it
0: yeah the the humanity disc of like our languages and how we came to be
1: yeah it has like uh pictures of of Earth and uh, its life forms, a range of scientific information, spoken greetings from the people, and a melody of sounds no. of earth that includes sounds of whales, a baby crying, waves breaking on a shore, and a collection of music.
0: Yeah, the, it's a di- Well, on there, there's all those things you said. And on one side, there's a, a schematic of how to play it. And that's how, like, you get the sounds off of it. So that's yeah, really it's, cool. It's literally a golden record. <laughs> I totally agree. That's awesome. Like, imagine if something found that. Like, just imagine, like, a robotic creature just, like, picking it up off the the side of an abandoned spacecraft, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. Plus, if anyone ever did find it, they'd be like, hey, right here is literal proof
0: that there's other living things in this universe. And and our coordinates, like, in space. (laughs) That's right. Then come find us. That's true. That one's a little scary. I bet there was some discussion at NASA over that one. But (laughs) but if they are that advanced, they could figure it out. Oh, yeah. See, now think of that. So we we try to find life, right? Like, we try to... um, I mean, I'm not talking about, like, the UFOs. Like, I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about, like... We try to look and say, like, we'll see, like, oh, planet UB17640 quark boson or whatever is discovered in galaxy spaghetti of, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> and we'll be like, oh, it has oxygen, it has water, it has nitrogen, like, it could house life, it could do, there could be life here. Like, we think there could be life here. But well, we don't know. Like, what if we did do that? Like, what if we just sent out, like millions of these just disks and let life find us. Like, think Why, that's that. a good point. But it or would take if,
1: forever to get there though.
0: You're right. But like what if that would be a tactic of ours and say look we as a species are not as advanced as we could be. And we are not advanced enough to find life. So if there's a planet however many light years away we can't get to it right now but we can make a bunch of crap and bring them to us. Do, do you think people would be freaked out about that, though?
1: Probably,
0: but I don't know. Like, your average layperson, not scientific or anything like that, reads the New York Times saying, U.S. government sends out millions of trackers with our information on it in attempt for other terrestrials, extraterrestrials to find us. People would probably freak out. And they'd probably wait for giant spaceships to come over us like the movies and beam us up and kill us and, you know, (laughs) all that. So I get that it would be a little bit scary for some people, but it could be interesting. And it is a potential way to find life if that is somebody's goal. Because, you know, we don't have the capabilities to do it, but we can bring it to us. You know, it's like if you're standing on a bridge... And the person you want to talk to is like below you, and they're asleep. You know, you can't physically get to them, but you can throw a rock down and bonk them on the head with it, and then they can come up. You know what I mean? That's Absolutely. The like, we're on the bridge, we can't get to them, but we can throw rocks until they find us. It's probably the worst analogy I've had yet. I like your analogies. It's all good. <laughs> oh, thank you. Walter. Well, dang. Well, there's our first... Well, I guess we can't say we uh, need to digress or anything because that's the purpose of this episode. It's totally just too far to round. Is there anything else biological or scientific on your mind this week, Walter?
1: Mm, I don't know. I was trying to figure out how long it would take a probe going 38,000 miles an hour to reach the nearest star to us.
0: Where's the nearest star?
1: Uh, like 4.3 light years.
0: Oh my gosh. So I'm
1: getting somewhere around 77.5 thousand, or seven, 77 thousand, five hundred and five miles or years. Oh my gosh. But that's also just a rough estimate.
0: The closest star, according to Universe today, the closest star to our solar system is Proxima Centauri. So, this is like where if we did an interstellar mission, this would be our likely first choice. Uh, it's a triple star system called Alpha Centauri. It is 4.24 light years or 1.3 parsecs away. Holy heck. And while interstellar travel conjures up all kinds of visions of faster than light travel ranging from warp speed to wormholes to jump drives such theories are highly either speculative, such as the Alcubierre Drive, or entirely the province of science fiction. It says universe today. Interesting. But it's theoretically possible. It says here that New Horizons use thir- uh, 16 thrusters with hydrazine monopropellant. And if we use that to get to the moon, it would only really take 8 minutes and 35 seconds. That's crazy. 8 minutes and 35 seconds. So technically, we have a tested idea that could get us to the moon in less 10 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> 8 hours and 35 minutes. Oh, my. 8. Hours thirty five minutes. <laughs> that was that was way off. You can stop sounding the alarm. I thought that was. I was really impressed for a minute there.
1: So to get to Alpha Centauri, if you were going at thirty million miles a second, it would take a hundred years.
0: Oh, you've never gone that fast. No. That's faster than light, isn't it?
1: So if my math is correct, though, which it might not be, to go 4.3 light years at 38,000 miles per hour, it should take roughly 77,505 years. Oh my gosh. So by the time that uh, that amount of time passed, we would either have died out
0: or advanced far enough to do interstellar travel. What if we put enough of a gene pool on a rocket? That could just keep multiplying.
1: Like, bacteria, humans,
0: tardigrades? If if we, tardigrades. We could put tardigrades on there. I don't think they'd know. <laughs> I don't think they would. <laughs> Imagine that. Like, it gets abducted along the way by some interstellar species, and they're like, oh my gosh, there's a universe of little bears. <laughs> like, These little buggers, like, they must rule the world somewhere, and then they come here and they're like, yeah, where's all the tardigrades? And we're like, well, you're looking at them. (laughs) They're all over the place. Like, why... why, I
1: I wish that tardigrades were the ones that evolved to this point so we could have been tardigrades.
0: And humans were just really tiny little creatures. You wish we were tardigrades? Yeah, I do. Sentient tardigrades? That's right.
1: (laughs) Hey, who's to say they're not sentient? They might know what's going
0: on. Yeah, I guess they could. What kind of nervous system do they have? I'm probably not a real good one. Hey. <laughs> real good and real advanced isn't the same thing. <laughs> it might do them justice, but <laughs> it might not get us very far.
1: Do tardigrades have a nervous system? They have a dorsal brain atop a paired ventral nervous system. So yes, they do. It's just basic. The uh, The body cavity of tardigrades is an open hemocoil. Chemical, whatever, that touches every cell.
0: Oh, that's kind of cool. So they, they don't need like circulatory
1: or respiratory systems.
0: I hope not. They can survive in space. They don't need to breathe.
1: Looks like they do have a...
0: I like tardigrades. They're awesome.
1: No stomach.
0: I believe that was one of the lost episodes that we have never been able to recapture. So yeah, we it was. could do another tardigrade episode. Soon. I would be a hundred percent okay with that. Are tardigrades <laughs> dangerous. Who asks this stuff? I mean, technically, yeah. Like if they were like a hundred million times more than they already were, <laughs> like they could kill us. But right now, like they're pretty chill. We're pretty chill. Um, they dumped them on the moon. Can we kill they? tardigrade? No, you yeah. cannot. Didn't they crash them on the moon?
1: Yeah, they did. NASA, or yeah, I think it was NASA. Somebody
0: actually you know, Israel. Israel accidentally crashed them on the moon. That's awesome. Someone was like, should we worry about this? We're like, yeah, it'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Will they disrupt any potential species there? We don't think there's anything there, but yeah, they could.
1: <laughs> what I want to know is what, what exactly was Israel doing with them anyway? Because they didn't mean to crash them into the moon. Or did they? Well, they might have.
0: Hmm. I just like tardigrades. Alright, so there's like bugs and and parasites and crap that'll, you know, infect one organism and let it get eaten by another organism, right? Like toxo. Yeah. Okay. So what if the tardigrades infected the Israelis to get them on the moon? They might have, you know. What if, they were, what if, like, somehow in like the neurogenerative process, the, the Israelis were like, "We got to put these guys on the moon," but <laughs> we got accidentally crash it, and it's to, like can, can like complete their development system. Like tardigrades can now colonize the moon.
1: I mean, you they They very well could. I mean, now they're going <laughs> to grow, and they're going to be a powerful species. They're going to overthrow us. And right, I was just they, scrolling they... through Google, looking at like tardigrades. And I found a, an article on Science Alert, uh-huh. and it says we finally have footage of tardigrades mating, and it's even weirder than expected.
0: I kind of want to watch that. And I'll send it to you.
1: There's a video oh. link. All right. Who sat there and just was like, spent their life trying to get tardigrades to mate so they could. Well, I found it.
0: Oh, I don't you know found what's it. What's going on here?
1: I don't know. I'm watching. I'm gonna have to watch it though.
0: There's a lot going on, but I can't really tell. It's like one of them wrapped around the other one.
1: (laughs) Once he's in the right spot, the water bears engage in mutual stimulation.
0: Huh. Water bears in HD. I love how most (laughs) people say just water bears.
1: Right? Like, call it what it is, it's
0: a tardigrade. I'm going to have to watch this video about how resilient they are tonight.
1: I I just love uh,
0: tardigrades. They are pretty awesome, I'm not going to lie.
1: They've been around for a long time. Longer than us? Oh, very much so. They survived all five mass extinctions. Have we? No, we haven't survived a single one yet. (laughs) (laughs) We
0: haven't had one yet,
1: though, right? No, we're going through one. Oh. Yeah, they they appeared in the fossil record record five hundred million years ago. That's awesome. When the first complex animals were evolving.
0: They're tough little buggers, aren't they?
1: They really are. Holy heck! Uh, Yeah, we're definitely gonna have to do an episode just on tardigrades again because there's so much to them.
0: I agree. Plus, like.
1: I feel like a lot of people probably don't even know they exist.
0: That's true. And I felt bad that we lost that episode, but I was like, if all episodes to lose, I think Wally would be okay with redoing this one. Oh,
1: absolutely. And now if you lost, like, the plant episode or something, I ain't redoing that one. I don't think I lost that one.
0: I think that one was uploaded a long time ago. that That one's already been uploaded. Stupid plants. Stupid plants. Was there anything else on your mind for this week, Walter?
1: No, I think it was about everything. So yeah, viruses next week,
0: and eventually Uh, tardigrades
1: again. We'll have to figure out when and if we're going to do the, maybe if we do a two-part for viruses, depending on how much information we have and whatnot.
0: So, most likely two, and then we can probably do tardigrades after that.
1: Yeah, we'll be fine with that.
0: Yeah. Um, And yeah, last week, a couple episodes, if you haven't been listening, they were about college. Picking a major, doing well in school, picking biology versus other things. So give those a listen. We no, uh, did Evolution the, last week. Yeah, Evolution was last week, and then the two weeks before that were those, actually. I forgot Evolution existed. <laughs> so go ahead and listen to those if you want. And follow us on social media, of Two Minds Cast, everywhere. And, yeah, hopefully we, need, we should probably get started into writing with Medium again, if you want. We could start trying to do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking, like, we could either just keep doing random, or we could also do, like, recaps or more information on what we've already talked about in an episode.
0: That's true. You could have your weekly uh, tardigrade blog. Oh, I would definitely do that. And this they week <laughs> in tardigrades. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Alright, so I think that's a good bit for this week. Um, I appreciate everybody and Walter for listening to my froggy voice. And we'll be back next week with viruses, with hopefully crystal clear HD, Pat, and not this groggy froggy, Pat.
1: Not the standard definition, tube, TV,
0: (laughs) no HD. (laughs) This this is CRT, Pat. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. Cathode ray tube. What does it mean? Cathode ray tube tube TV.
1: Oh, is that what that's called?
0: Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it actually had an actual name. Yeah, cathode ray tube.
1: Oh, look at that.
0: Yeah. A friend of mine just bought <laughs> a CRT TV actually. What where? Uh, I think eBay. Uh why? Video games. Oh, that makes sense. Like, it's a more native for old consoles.
1: Yeah, channel to channel
0: 3. <laughs> yeah, channel 3. I remember <laughs> fighting with those. I had one. I still have a tube TV. I don't use it, but I have one.
1: I have one for the longest time and then it finally died so I went out and bought a like a 32-inch flat-screen TV, and I've had that thing ever since.
0: Yeah, TVs are definitely something that you don't really need. They're almost durable. Not quite, but almost.
1: Almost. I mean, this one has... It was like an off-brand, in Emerson, but it's lasted me like five, six years now. That's pretty
0: good. And I think feel, yeah, mine's, a, uh, mine's a Daewoo. I've <laughs>
1: <laughs> never heard of that one.
0: Daewoo DC, it says on the front of it. I don't, I've never heard of the company, but it's a nice TV.
1: Hey, that's what this one is. I mean, I just bought it. I bought it for like $100. That's
0: awesome. A long time ago. Hey, sometimes the cheap stuff's the best stuff.
1: No, you're not wrong.
0: All right, Walter, do you so want anyway, to finish out with our usual saying that I always forget? Our motto.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, you matter, uh-huh. don't die, uh-huh. and plants suck. We should probably add like tardigrades are awesome or something. Tardigrades rule the world. Tardigrades do rule the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been talking with Rachel. Um, we're going to actually work on getting an official logo. I don't know if that's what you want to call it. Yeah, that works. And then we have our motto.
0: Oh, that's going to be awesome. I can't wait to wear that shirt to school. People are going to be like, what the heck are you doing?
1: Oh, I know. I know. I do know. Uh, we'll talk more about like creating t-shirts, but I do know someone who actually does that, like just makes t-shirts and
0: whatnot. That's cool. So we can get them to make
1: us a t-shirt. Yeah, that or we could even strike a deal with them and have them have something set up. People can buy our t-shirts and just have them print it all off and ship it out and whatever.
0: That'd be awesome.
1: Absolutely. All right. We got lots in the, pipe, in, in the pipeline. So yeah, we'll definitely get that figured out. Um, as soon as I get Rachel to design me uh, or, yeah, design, design our, draw our logo and whatnot, and me and you decide whether we like it and whatnot, then we start making t-shirts. I'm excited! I can't wait to wear one. Although we probably could just get one now that just says
0: "You Matter," don't die. Plants suck. Yeah, of two minds cast. Absolutely. I like it. Let's look forward to in two thousand twenty.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll I'll talk to the person I know and. Uh, and see, see what you
0: can do. Yeah,
1: you know, see what she can come up with. Like, see if she could actually just design one of those normal, like just a random T-shirt like that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And then to get the real
0: logo, we'll get that on there, too.
1: Yeah, and I'll talk to her and see if she would be willing to, like, be our printer. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. Graphic artist. Graphic designer.
0: <laughs> graphic, graphic whatever. Designer. Graphic that would producer. That would help us both out. Yeah, I agree. Ad- yeah. Advertising.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we'll definitely look into some of that and... Figure everything out, so if anybody ever wants a t-shirt, we'll get some
0: made. Yeah, you can buy them and spread them around to all of your friends and family. That's right. Good Christmas gifts. Good Christmas gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, Walter, you have a fantastic week. You do the same, sir. Oh, well, thank you, and I will see you next week for viruses. Yep, talk to you next week. Alright, farewell. Mm, bye.